This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know, we all know that starting to save early for retirement is best, uh, but the fact is most of us don't start early enough, and suddenly we're looking at being 50 years old, and we're beginning to wonder, is it too late? And well, there's good news out there. It's definitely not too late. Uh, you know, but it is going to take some discipline and some serious planning, you know, to make it happen. So on today's show, we're going to go through uh, some tips that will help you put that plan together. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is uh, Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin's been helping folks for more than 30 years get to and through retirement. He is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative with Silverleaf Financial. His website is silverleaffinancial.com. Jot that down. Visit that when you can. And uh, hi, Kevin. How's things? Oh, things are awesome. We're doing really well, Steve. Great day in the desert. Yeah, they are all great days in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they, they, they are. I tell my wife that all the time. We, we love it here after coming. We came from outside Chicago about 10 years ago. And, um, you know, it's uh, I, I always had to call the, the nice days back there. I call them a top 10 day, top 10 weather day, because I felt like that's about all there were. Right. <laughs> it's, you know, there's not a lot of them. And uh, so I love it. I love the sunshine. And this is a beautiful time of year out here for sure. Sure. The uh, And again, so what we're going to talk about today, it's, it's pretty interesting, I think, when, you know, you're right. I mean, we wake up and, and we're, you know, we realize that our working career is, uh, you know, more than half done. Oh, wait, it's almost done. And yeah. I got I to get ready for retirement. And, and if we haven't been a very good saver, I mean... Um, there are things that we can do. And to me, if that was, if that was me and I was 50 and, and, you know, I was kind of feeling a little behind, I'm calling you. It's yeah. You know what? That's And that's, that's exactly what we're here for. Right. Right. And, and because when you look at the entire landscape of the choices that are available for an investor, for somebody planning for their retirement, and, and you look at all the different options that somebody has, it it can really be mind numbing when you look at it and try to figure it all out. I, I think a lot, a lot of people, um, you know, we, we've heard the expression of the deer in the headlights, yes. you know, <laughs> yes, right. Of course. Cause they're stunned, they're shocked and they're overwhelmed and, and it's like sensory overload. And I think, and that's really easy to happen, you know, as somebody's going through the retirement planning process and you're trying to figure out, you know, stocks and bonds and mutual funds and annuities and insurance and, and the million other things that you have to consider. Right. Right. And so, so what I would say, by all means, that is a great time to get in touch with, you know, give me a call. We can sit down. We can do it over the phone. I've got a lot of folks now, actually, after going through COVID the last couple of years, a lot of people are, are actually a lot of people actually prefer to do things remotely and and do it over the phone and via email, things like that. And I'm happy to do that as well. You know, whatever whatever makes you comfortable. Uh, I've also got the offices to sit down face to face, and um, and at this point, I'm glad to say we can do it without a face mask because uh, we're all vaccinated. Because we're all so, vaccinated, yeah. That's exactly. right. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but it is important, you know, and it's important when you're when you're in that five to ten year window before you're getting to ready to retire or before you you know your target date, if you will. Uh, it's really important to sit down and go over everything, right? See exactly where you are uh, and where you and where you want to get to, right? We need to figure out the destination first before we can map out the route to get to it, right? Yes. And just just like that family vacation, 
And, um, you know, so, so it's a great time to do it because in that five to 10 year window, which we call that retirement red zone, you know, for all you football fans out there, you're getting close. You're, you're getting close, ready to score, right? Yeah. And we, we want a touchdown. We don't want a field goal. <laughs> and so, right. All right. We want all the points we can get and we want your retirement to be as comfortable as possible. And, and so if you do it in that five to 10 year window, that gives us opportunities to take advantage of a lot of investments that are out there that can really set you up well. Uh, for when you actually do retire. Sure. And and so one of the things that, you know, again, I think for a lot of us, if, if you haven't been, you know, as diligent as you maybe should have been, that when we sit down with an advisor, they say, okay, this is what I've got. Put it all at risk. I need to make money now. Yeah, it may not be right. the best way to go. No, that it, but it, but you know what? That's, that's actually, that's very true for a lot of folks. I've met a lot of people that want to do that. They tell me, you know, ah, they don't like the idea of diversification. They believe in concentration. Because <laughs> okay. Because if you get it right, that's how you really make a lot of money. And, and, and although, yes, that's true. I can't deny that it's true. Okay. However, it also brings a ton of, a ton of risk and, and you're really ramping up the risk because, you know, anybody that's watched the market, then, then you, then you probably know uh, that when you're trading it, these are, and this was a guy that when it was uh, doing internet, doing uh, individual stocks at the beginning of the year, when uh, everything was, you know, the Reddit group was really hot, you know, oh, yeah. after right. Right. Yep. If you remember that. And, um, you know, guys, if you hit it right, yeah, you can do really well. But that knife swings, the knife cuts both ways. And, uh, you, you know, there's an old, uh, you know, some people say the market goes up and more like a stair step, but it comes down on the elevator. Yeah. You know, it drops fast and it drops hard. And and if you guys remember, think back to the times we've, that we've seen the bear markets, you know, and and think about how a lot of times the market drops overnight. In other words, because people will, a lot of times people say to me, well, can't you just get me out? You see, it's going down. Can't you just get me out? And the answer is no, you can't always get out before that drop, right? Because it happened overnight. Let's say Asian markets go down and European markets tank. Then when the markets open up in New York, all right, at 930 Eastern time, they're going to open down. That's when you hear futures are indicating down and the market's already going to be down. You don't have that opportunity. And if you're really going with a concentrated bet, you can really get, get hurt very, very badly. So I, I certainly I don't recommend that at all, um, you know, but what I do suggest is sit down, find an advisor that you're comfortable with, that you feel, you know, like has your back. Ideally, I think, you know, to me, an independent advisor is the most objective uh, or at least uh, I should say the least subject to outside influence. If that may, if that, if that sounds <laughs> correct, yeah. I do believe that's true. I've been, I used to be at a brokerage firm. I started my career at a brokerage firm and I ran a brokerage office in Chicago uh, for over 10 years from 93 to 2003. And, uh, you know, during that period of time, you know, most folks don't realize, I guess, unless you've worked in the industry, right. That, that there's a lot of restrictions on what a broker, you know, what he can and can't recommend, what she can and can't buy. And to, to the point of, you know, for instance, on a stock recommendation, if the, if the broker feels differently than the firm, a lot of places require them to justify it in writing. You've got to give us a reason why you're going against our analyst recommendation when we're paying this analyst, you know, half a million dollars a year. So, um, you know, so there's, see, though, to me, you know, the reason why I went independent was because I didn't feel that I could truly be objective working with my clients because the brokerage firm that I was at literally told me no, that the investment strategy that I wanted to employ, um, they would not authorize because, you know, it wasn't on their shelf, so to speak. So that's when I quit. That's when I resigned. And that's when I went independent and started. Silver wow. Life. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think that's a great reason, obviously. And, and, um, 
you know, this is something that, that folks need to, I think, be aware of. Uh, and folks, if you want to sit down with Kevin, it's 800-975-6717. That's the number you can call. One of the things that uh, that we talk about, okay, so with risk, and I know you're a get-out-of-debt guy. And uh, I mean, again, if you've mm-hmm. got consumer debt in particular in your 50s, we got to take a serious look at that. Yeah, we, we, we do. And I'm, and I'm going to come back and, and I, I want to go back to the root cause is really what I want to do. And sometimes that can be an uncomfortable conversation, um, you, you know, but I always want to know what, what, what exactly happened that caused, would cause someone in their 50s to, let's say, rack up a lot of credit card debt. Sometimes it's a hospital or a medical emergency. Other times it's bailing out the kids, um, you, you know, and obviously if you, if you have an emergency, you've got you to do what you got to do. But uh, I, I, I am a no debt type of guy. I personally... Uh, would prefer there not to be a mortgage too, um, you, you know. And it's but it, it it can be a it can a very difficult argument. Let's say because if you happen to be in a be in a market where you own a home in Phoenix, that's one of the fastest growing markets in the nation in terms of price appreciation. You know, it if if the market keeps on behaving like that, and then yeah, you can totally justify having a three or four percent mortgage when your property value is going up 10, 15, 20 percent a year. Sure. That you know, but what but what if it turns? What if this turn? What if this turns? What if we have another repeat of 0708? Uh, right, we had the housing crisis, yep. and 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 housing values got crushed. So so I would just be very careful, be aware of it, make sure you're comfortable with that risk. All right, and uh, that's make sure that's a risk you want to take on because to me it feels like a very real possibility. I grew up in an environment where my brother was a was a real estate broker, um, and I happened to witness him initially doing really well, and then later on not doing very well. Right, and 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 so. Um, you know, it, this, it, there's a, it's a two-sided coin for sure. So my, my preference, the reason why I say no debt, Steve, is simply because I think if you can get your debt low enough that your social security check covers it, I think that's a beautiful situation because then, then all the rest of the income you have coming in is really gravy. And, and so that gravy gives you room to offset inflation, right? We've seen a lot of price increases taking place. And if you retired a couple of years ago, and if you didn't factor in inflation jumping the way that it did in this last year, Maybe, maybe, you know, you don't have as much spendable money, as much disposable income, right? Right. So, so we want to sit down and review your projections, you know, how fat, you know, we like when you, when you put together a budget and you put together an income plan for retirement, one of the first things you've got to do is you've got to estimate a life expectancy, and then you've got to estimate a rate of return, and then you have to estimate an inflation, an inflationary rate. And, and so there's a, there's so in other words, there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of areas that you're that even the best laid plan could wind up being wrong. And so so to me, that's one of the reasons why it's important to revisit it. Take a look. Don't just put it on the shelf and forget about it for the next 10 years. You want to make sure you revisit it. Make sure you're familiar with those assumptions and see how it lines up with reality. And maybe we need to make some adjustments. And that's that's how we can do it, though, by staying on top of it and making sure we're on track. I like that. 800-975-6717. Or just visit silverleaffinancial.com. You can find uh, Kevin there as well. And when we talk about, uh, we're, we're talking about, you know, things that we should probably, you know, take care of or at least understand. And, and we say, when we say prioritize yourself and your spouse, I'm not talking about, you know, like the social security claiming strategy, although that's important. I'm talking about, you know, other influences and, and especially baby boomers where they're, they're dealing with kids and they're dealing with parents, uh, you know, don't let them ruin your retirement. No question about it. You, you know, one of the most common things that I come across is when I'm, and I'm, and I'm sitting down with people, generally speaking, that uh, generally they're in their 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes early 70s, sometimes younger, you know, depending on the situation. But for the most part, 
they're folks that are in that window, like we're talking about close to retirement, right? Um, and, and I meet a lot of them that that are still helping their kids out. And 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 the reason I bring up their age is because they're they're not kids, right? Their their kids are like forty, you yeah. know, 30, 35, you know. And and um, I understand that I understand the desire to help out your kids completely, you know. But I think that sometimes if if uh, I think sometimes a person could put their own retirement in jeopardy because you know they're helping out their child when the child honestly obviously has an extra 20, 25, 30 years most likely that they're going to be working right because they're young, they're so much younger depending on you know the ages that uh, they were born at right right and so so my opinion is you know is to cut them off okay is what i'm saying i i think that it's important that everybody you know achieves their own financial independence and there's a lot of rule there's a lot of uh, resources that are available for people to learn how to do it um there's a lot of programs out there for instance for college i would much rather see somebody if you're thinking about for instance taking some money I'll see, I'll see, I'll see people, uh, grandparents say, you know, they want to take some money out of their retirement accounts to help their kid with college. I would rather see the kid take a loan, take out a loan or better yet, get a scholar, earn a scholarship, you know, uh, or get a grant. There's a lot of grants out there. And guys, I used to do college planning, by the way, there is a, there are tons and tons and tons of grants and scholarships available. If you're willing to put in the work and do a little bit of digging and find them. I mean, there, there, there are scholarships specifically for like left-handed people, silly things like that. Wow. But they're out there. They're, that's true. <laughs> they're out there. Okay. So, uh, so there's a lot of ways and, and depending on, you know, talking about college just for a minute, you know, there's something that, that, uh, uh, that the government puts together called the expected family contribution. And so basically depending on how successful and how much income and how many assets, uh, how much assets the parents have, the government's going to come up with a calculation saying, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Jones, we think you can contribute X amount per year. And then the rest of it can be offset with, you know, scholarships, loans, things like that. All right. But but my opinion, make sure your retirement is on track first. And if you happen to be in a position, you've got extra capital that you can that you can give to somebody or loan to somebody, um, you know, th then that's a great position to be in and, and maybe do it. But if you're not sure you're on track, I, I would highly suggest against, uh, you know, doing doing that. Right. I mean, again, that just makes sense. And, and so you've had these conversations, haven't you? Yeah, I have. And they can they can be uncomfortable. I think and, so. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't like, you know, I don't like telling people no anymore than anyone else does. Right. Um, you, you know, and, and, but, but the fact is I have a very close experience. I have a family member um, that, uh, you know, I feel took advantage of our parents and was living off, off of our parents uh, basically up until they died. And, uh, and, and I, I just don't think that's a healthy route to take. I, I think it becomes a, a situation where, where some kids wind up just always going back to the bank of mom and dad and, and, and because, and they, and they know, they know what they have to say to get the parents to give them the money. And, and so I think there's, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, but I think, I think the best thing to do is just say no and, and save your money and make sure you're taken care of guys. Because the thing to remember, you know, a lot of retirement planning, what people focus on is, is everything going okay? You know, in other words, a lot of the planning is on, you know, let's figure out you've got enough money to pay all your bills, right? Your discretionary expenses, your golf money, your, I don't know, your country club dues or your traveling, your cost for travel, whatever it might be. Uh, but a lot of folks don't have the luxury of saying, let's plan on long-term care. A lot of people take the approach that, you know, if it happens, it happens. I, I, I just don't have enough money to truly plan for it. And, and because long-term care can be very expensive, 
right? It can be $100,000 yes. a year, 100000 a year easily, yeah. right? And well, if you're a married couple, what if, what if both of you need long-term care? I mean, you could be looking at $200,000 annual expense. And, and so it can be very, very expensive. And anybody that's interested, all you need to do is go to my website. I actually co-authored a book on long-term care and I'm happy to send it to you. Just fill out the contact information and, you, and uh, we'll send you a download. The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. That's the book, folks. I would I really strongly suggest you take that, take advantage of that offer. Uh, SilverleafFinancial.com, again, is the website. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. So as we, uh, you know, we're looking at, uh, we're into December, Kevin, and, you know, we're kind of rounding the corner into 2022. We're feeling yes. optimistic, but uh, there are some things that uh, that need to be taken care of before December 31st. That's a Friday. Yes. You know, you know what? And, I, and I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because there are definitely some things for folks to do. And guys, anybody that has a required minimum distribution, an RMD, make sure you take it. If you haven't already done it, please get that paperwork in right away. Because every year, even though I, I send out numerous reminders, every year I still have some people that come in with their paperwork, you know, around the 20th of the month. And, and under normal circumstances, yeah, you would think 10 or 11 days would be plenty of time to get something processed. Um, but a lot of that has changed. A lot of people are working remotely now, which means service times have slowed down. And, and, and guys, remember, over the holidays, they, they all take vacations, too. They want to be, right, be with their family and celebrate the holidays. What? And so a lot of... People, so, right? people who worked besides me want to take some time off. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, the back office people at the brokerage firms, at the third party administrators, at the insurance carriers, whoever it is you're dealing with or working with, um, chances are really good that they're going to have a light crew and they'll have a skeleton crew over the holidays. And that happens to coincide with when they also get a ton of paperwork of things that have to be done before the end of the year. So try to get that paperwork in early. The best thing I would suggest is set them up on autopilot, auto pay, right? If, you're, if you need the required distribution, I like to set them up automatically. We'll link, it, link your bank account to it through a direct deposit so we don't have to send a check through the mail. And I like to do it monthly because my bills come in every month. I like it if my income comes in every month too. Yeah. So, you know, so that's what I suggest. And then all you've got to do it is one time uh, and it's done and taken care of. Because if you miss that RMD payment, guys, it's one of the worst penalties out there. The penalty is half. 
whatever you were supposed to take. So if you get an RMD of $20,000 and you don't take it, the government is going to penalize you $10,000 for not taking that distribution. Wow. What t- wow. That's, right. that's so incredible. It, and and it not just, in a good way. <laughs> and no, and, there, and there's no cap, by the way. There's no cap. So if you've got a really big IRA, it, it, it behooves you to make sure you set it up on autopilot, um, make sure that it's taken care of and, and uh, you know, and have some taxes held out because nobody likes getting hit with a big tax bill. But that's one of the things that you just do automatically with someone's plan, isn't it? When it comes to it, RMDs, it's just, it's just it automatic. Is. It, it, it is. That's, that's, part of the, that's part of the paperwork we set up when we're getting everything going so that when that time comes, you know, and, and, and I've got a lot of folks, actually, I've got a lot of people, they like to take, you know, they've got a plenty of income coming in because a lot of them do have pension plans as well as Social Security. So they'll just take the distribution, you know, like one time a year, maybe. Uh, a lot of folks like to take it in early November, you know, so you've got the money for the holidays. Sure. Um, you know, so make sure make sure you set up those RMDs. That is something any advisor should, should be able to help you with. That's certainly something that I do for all of my clients to make sure we've got it taken care of because that is a nasty penalty, right? Fifty oh, percent. That's a nasty penalty. Yeah. I don't want to see anybody anybody get hit with that. Okay? So have you seen that happen? Have you experienced that? I have. I have. Oh my because, gosh! Wow. Yeah. Okay. Be, be, because because what'll happen is. Sometimes people want to, you know, and, and I can't argue with the arithmetic, okay? Mathematically speaking, the smartest thing to, okay, first of all, let me say this. The government doesn't care where your IRA distribution comes from. In other words, they don't care if you take a, an RMD from every single IRA account. All they care about is that whatever the total is that you're supposed to take amongst all of your IRA accounts, right? So if you've got five IRA accounts, you've got to add up your required distribution. Each one will have an RMD. You add it up. And whatever the total is, that's all the IRS cares that you pull out, but you have to take it out of one of out of your IRA accounts, right? Yep. But you could take it out of one or you could take it out of all five or take it two or three. It doesn't matter uh, as long as you take the the at least the minimum required. And so what a lot of folks would do is they, they would say, you know, like, let's say you've got five different accounts and they're all earning a fixed rate of interest. Then the smartest thing to do would be to take the RMD from the account earning the least interest, right? Yeah. Let, letting the higher interest accounts continue to grow rather than taking that money out. And so what's happened is folk, some people like to do that every year, but, but it's an exercise, you know, because if you've got numerous IRA accounts and you're going through that, it's going to take you time and effort every single year. Now, if, now you, might, you might think that it's worth it, um, you know, but personally what I like to do is, 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 is just take, I like to take the RMD from each account, generally speaking, unless it's obvious that there's an advantage taken from one for the other. Um, but generally speaking, the, the accounts are variable and that we don't know the exact rate of interest you're going to receive. So, you know, you're really looking in hindsight if you're just taking that distribution based on what it did last year. Right. Right. So my suggestion, just get it set up, set it up automatically. Then you don't have to worry about it. There's plenty of other things you can think about. I'm sure that are much more pleasurable than thinking, than thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> right. The, um, <clears throat> So what other kinds of deadlines do we look at, do we have to worry about in, when it comes to uh, year end? Anything? It's, yeah, you, you know what, for your retirement plans, a lot of retirement plans, you've got to make those, not an IRA, um, but there are some retirement plans, like a defined benefit plan, for instance, that you've got to have in place. It's got to be set up and in place, you know, before the end of the calendar year. Um, and, and there's other plans that you have to make the contribution uh, to. In fact, I believe I, I should have double checked before the show st- before the show, Steve, but I believe, for instance, an HSA contribution is based on a calendar year. Um, right. Well, I, so, you, I think you're right. Yeah. So if you, you know, so make sure you know, the, make sure you double check if you're looking to do it, if you haven't done it, um, you know, max out those contributions. If you can max out the contribution, you know, to the HSA account, 
Uh, I think I, anybody that's listened to the show, you know, that is one of my favorite accounts. Um, you have to have an, you know, an HSA eligible insurance plan. Uh, but if you do, you know, especially if you're younger, because the max you can't, once you turn 65, you can no longer contribute to an HSA. So all the money that goes in there has to be done, you know, well before that. So if you can start on one of these, let's say in your thirties or forties, you could set yourself up beautifully with a couple hundred grand in tax-free money for retirement. Okay, well, so I just checked this out, and and uh, with the HSA, the deadline to make contributions to HSA for tax year is typically April fifteenth of the following year. That means twenty twenty taxes you can contribute until April fifteenth, twenty twenty one. So you that go. was for last you know year. So, but that's but again, it's the same thing. Well, it, it's the same thing. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned this, Steve. I, I I stand corrected. That yeah, I, I the, thought you the, were right too. You know, it, it, I, I haven't read that before. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that what I what I do when I'm dealing with these situations, I always go back and I double check the numbers. I, I check the rules and the deadlines. Oh, you got to because it's it's impossible to keep all this straight in your head, especially when the government keeps changing. it. Of right? course. Yes, <laughs> like of they, course. Like they just changed the RMD age, you know, from 70 and a half to 72. And and, and that's confusing a lot of folks. And I got to tell you, if you happen to be 70 and a half and you just started your RMD like two years ago. Then or, or one year ago, you you are you do are still subject to it. Anybody that was required at seventy and a half has to continue taking it. So uh, make sure you're on top of that. But take take a look at anything you might do before the year end. One other thing that 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 uh, I think is a good thing to do is look at your portfolio. If you've taken gains and and now I'm talking about a taxable account. So let's say you've got a regular account, you pay taxes on your gains, right? Not yes. a retirement account. Yeah. So if you've got a regular account that you've taken gains earlier earlier in the year. Take a look and see if maybe you've got some positions that you're sitting on a, on an unrealized loss and then look at you know your outlook. Maybe it makes sense to take the loss on that position to offset the gain and maybe maybe reallocate into a different area. Now, remember, there are some wash sale rules. OK, for those of you that that are listening closely. All right. The government has laws on the books that that don't. In other words, you can't sell the stock today and buy it back tomorrow. OK, OK, that would be called the, that would be called a wash sale and that would eliminate that. Uh, it's just, they don't, they don't let that fly. So let me give you a little suggestion. Let's say, let's say it's a semiconductor company and you sell it. Just maybe look at a different semiconductor company. It doesn't have to be, the, it can be in the same industry. It just can't be the exact same ticker symbol. Okay. So that's, that's something that some, some of us will do. Um, if you feel the growth prospects are comparable and a lot of times they are when you're in the same industry in the same sector. And so, but that's something your advisor can help you with. That's something that I do for my clients, because if, if, if it makes sense, then why pay a tax bill when, when maybe you don't have to, right? Right. So, so it's a great time to do the tax planning. A lot of folks, they call it tax harvesting. You know, now is the time to do it. Another point on that, Steve, that everyone wants to be aware of, in all likelihood, tax rates are going to go higher, especially if you're a higher income person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for instance, if you notice all the really rich people selling, their, selling some positions lately, like, you know, Elon Musk with Tesla, uh, it's because they 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 know their taxes are going higher, and they're selling now to to try to minimize their tax bill a little bit. Sure. Well, and again, that's yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, all right, we're uh, kind of winding up here, but let's uh, let's talk pure growth. It was uh, kind of a weird market week this week. It it had it has been a weird market week, and I'll and I'll tell you what the uh, um, I actually do. I, I'm sitting on a little bit of cash right now. I put I pulled some to the side because we've seen such volatility. Uh, but we haven't made much ground. We've been trending. We've been trending water, and right now, right now, we're sitting on about a thirty-two percent gain for the year. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's not, we're that's not, nobody can complain about that. 
oh no, we're beat. That's net. That is net. Yeah. Net, net, net. You know, so we're, we're, we're beating the market. I'm happy. I'm, I'm definitely happy with that. Um, I, I do, I, I go back and forth. I kind of, you the market is at a high valuation guys. Um, in, in most, in most respects, the market's at a high valuation. So I think, I think we could see some more muted returns in the next few years. I, I think it's still eight, nine percent is very feasible, uh, but I seriously doubt we're going to see more twenty percent plus gains. And so we want to make sure you want to take a look at how you're positioned. You know, if if interest rates are starting to rise, for instance, maybe you want to take a look at financials. You know, see what you have in representation portfolio because they should make more money as interest rates go higher. Sure. Well, and again, that's that's really kind of what it's all about. So, I mean, give us a, just a, a real high level view of what pure growth is and, and how you do it and why. Oh, yeah, certainly. Certainly. And, and guys, what this is, is a, this is a, pure growth is a concentrated portfolio that I put together uh, going back to July of last year, July of 20. And uh, what, what it's based on is uh, rules based strategies, we call them. And these are investment strategies that are, that are developed by people like Warren Buffett, uh, Peter Lynch that ran the Fidelity Magellan Fund way back in the 80s and 90s, um, and and William O'Neill, who's the publisher of Investors Business Daily. Uh, you know, all of these people have been very, very successful investors. Everybody knows Buffett, uh, but they they have rules that they use that determine what stocks they'll buy. In other words, filters or screens. You know, they can be based on earnings growth or revenue growth. Uh, it could be any number of things. It could be based on technical analysis in terms of how a stock trades where the trend levels are and the support levels and breakouts. Uh, so there's a lot of different indicators, but basically what I did is I, I'm just copying. All I'm doing is copying their rules. I'm taking other people that have come before me that have been successful and I'm just trying to copy them because I feel if it's worked for the last 25 years, you know, then it seems to me there's really good probability it'll continue to work. And so when you backtest these strategies, uh, they show returns of 24, 25% a year. And so, and this is going back 25 years. And so I took that strategy live where I'm managing the portfolio because I wanted to do it myself and, and prove that it could be done. And, uh, and so far for the year, we're, we're, we're sitting on a gain of a, between 32 and 33% year to date net. Um, and, that's, and that's based on a, a portfolio of five to 10 stocks. And I'm not, I'm not doing this, guys, and this is an important point. I'm not doing it because I'm, I'm here to suggest that people put a bunch of money into this portfolio. That's, that's not the objective. You, of course, anybody could if it made sense for their situation. Sure. But really what I'm trying to do, right, what I'm trying to do is show you that I have a, a, a successful method and a strategy to choose a stock and that it can be successful in terms of entry and exit points. You know, when it's one thing buying something, right? It's a whole nother ballgame knowing when to sell it. And and so what I'm trying to do is show that that I can employ these strategies successfully. And so far, I think I think I've been able to do that. And, you know, it, it's been it hasn't been that long. It's been a year and a half, uh, but we are beating the market by several percentage points right now. That's I mean, that's always good. Uh, you know, and, and folks, if you'd like to reach out to Kevin, it's silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. Or you can call him direct 800-975-6717. So, uh, I mean, again, so a weird little week in the market, but it's not not necessarily bad. Right. No, no. You, you know what? I think I think the reality is if. Okay, I think part part of the part of it was because of Omicron, right? COVID, a new variant, right. and, and and I think you know a lot of us think there's going to be a whole bunch more variants. So so I think everybody should you know expect them, expect there to be more variants that come out. I just can't tell you what they're going to name it, right? But <laughs> exactly. But but there's exactly. gonna there's you know there's gonna be more variants because as long as we have so many people that are unvaccinated, they're essential essentially carriers for this virus, which allows it and gives it the opportunity and the time to mutate. 
and hence produce another another variant. Uh, so I believe that's going to. So, so in other words, I think we're going to keep on having these scares, and and each time we might see a reaction like we've seen here in the last in the last week. Uh, but at the same time, we've got the Federal Reserve changing, you know, the pace of their ta- of their bond buying taper. Uh, so they're going to accelerate it. In other words, they're going to be buying less bonds and they're going to cut it off sooner than it was originally expected. All right. So that's artificial support that's been holding up the market. It's been keeping interest rates down uh, and that's going to stop. We knew it was going to stop, but they said it's going to happen faster now. So those two things are what freaked out the market recently. Um, but you know what, guys, if you are concerned about taking too much risk with the market, the good news is that I've got other vehicles or other things we can do that are safe strategies that I can show you that are up 20% in the last two years. These are strategies where you have no risk of a market loss and it up 20% in the last two years. Okay. So there are ways you can participate in the growth of the market without having all the risk of the stock market. Uh, and I think that's a good idea to take a look at maybe for a piece of your portfolio, because that's one piece you don't have to worry about what happens if the market drops. Sure. Well, I like that on, on that note. Uh, that's, is that what you're going to leave us with this week? I am. I'm, I'm going to ask everybody to take a look at your portfolio, see how comfortable you are with it. Ask yourself how you'd feel and how you how you do if it dropped 20 or 30 percent. If you're OK under that scenario, then you're probably just fine the, with the allocation you have. But if seeing a drop like that, um, you know, it would be a concern or raise an alarm, then, then we should talk. We should sit down and talk. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.